0: What we get to talk about though is a truth. It's the truth found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we see this truth, it has the opportunity every day to cause us to feel, to know, to live as though we are over the moon with joy. This truth is the gospel. This truth is found in the Bible. This truth is is, is solely found in the satisfaction and the glory of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen.
1: Hi, friends. Welcome back to Live in the Light. On behalf of all of us here at Live in the Light, can I just say to you how thankful we are for you. We're thankful for your financial support. We're thankful for your words of encouragement. And most importantly, most importantly thankful for your prayers on our behalf. We pray that God would continue to grip your hearts, and, and our mission is to see radical transformation through the Word of God as it's revealed to our hearts. And we're praying that God would do that just today. Hey, we're in the middle of our series entitled Made New, and we're looking at gospel truths, rich gospel truths from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. With me in our studios is our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons, and Robbie, I love the title of today's message because it is so—it so strongly speaks to your heart and, and your passion and your zeal for the Word of God. Uh, the title of today's message is "Made New and Over the Moon." What's that mean? Yeah, over the
0: moon. What does that mean? It means supreme happiness. It means a excited joy. And again, we ask ourselves, hey, what causes you to feel like you're over the moon? You know, often we relate that to different situations of family or life or health or sporting events. Hey, I'm over the moon. I feel over the moon. Well, well, you got a reason to be over the moon today and his name is Jesus Christ. If he lives in you and uh, you've been saved by him, there is no greater truth to rejoice in and that's again what we see as we end second Corinthians chapter 5 with this final message we have reason to rejoice. We are made new. We cannot die. We're children of the king. We have the hope of glory that awaits us. We're sheep that belong to the good shepherd. We will never lose. We are guaranteed to have victory. I go on and on and on and on. And if you think about that long enough, doesn't it make you pretty happy? Makes me pretty happy. In fact, better than that, it makes me feel joy. A joy that is produced from the Lord himself. That's why. That's why today's text is made new and over the moon. Hey, can I encourage you to, if you are listening and you are are encouraged and you're excited and fired up for the things of the lord hey let us know would you let us know because we are here to see your lives transform for god's glory that's it that's why we're doing this not just because it's a good thing to do or somehow we think it's fun we are here for lives to be changed that god would be glorified and so you would do us such a blessing if you would let us know as many um, of you have over these months and uh, so thanks for taking the time just to let us know how god
1: is changing your life here at Living the light All right, may the Lord do a great work this day through the teaching of God's word. 2 Corinthians chapter five, beginning in verse 16, made new and over the moon. Let's turn it back over to Ravi with today's teaching.
0: Let's do this. Let's get um, our Bibles open uh, to 2 Corinthians chapter five. We're gonna look at the book of books here and we're excited to see what God has to say to us as we gather uh, to finish our series today uh, entitled Made New. And our sermon title uh, today is this. This weekend is um, Made New and Over the Moon. Made New and Over the Moon. Do you like that? I like that. I like that. Hopefully it gets your attention a little bit. And let me ask you this. When's the last time that you felt um, over the moon? By the way, that's a good thing, right? It's an expression of extreme happiness. Uh, you feel very blessed. You're very joy-filled. When's the last time that you felt um, over the moon? You might feel this way about certain things. Um, possibly... Uh, recently, uh, something happened in your family and that caused you to feel over the moon. Now, possibly that didn't happen in your family as well, all right? Maybe that didn't happen because sometimes our family doesn't make us feel over the moon. Sometimes it does though, right? Maybe uh, you felt over the moon uh, pertaining to work. Uh, you got a promotion or something great happened and, or maybe you didn't, right? Maybe something didn't go so great at work, whatever. Maybe you felt um, over the moon uh, regards to your health. Uh, some news came in. Uh, healed of something, uh, just kind of transitioned through a really hard phase, and it gave you great joy and elation over the move. Some of us were not so much fired up in that category right now. All of these things I just mentioned, they are all subjective feelings of happiness and joy. What we get to talk about, though, is a truth that is not subjective, at least to the believer, Because it is true no matter how we feel, where we are, or what we're doing. It's the truth found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we see this truth, it has the opportunity every day to cause us to feel, to know, to live as though we are over the moon with joy. This truth is true. The gospel. This truth is found in the Bible. This truth is 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 solely found in the satisfaction and the glory of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. All right. Amen. This is this is why we live. This is this is Him. This is who we live for. This is this is why we're here. And again, this truth is not subjective. This truth is objective as we understand the truth before us. Accessible to all who see by faith, eyes to see what Christ has done. So in this series being made new let's recap where we've been with our icons we are made new we have new bodies praise the lord guaranteed coming because of what jesus christ has done we are made new we have new vision now we walk by faith not by sight we see differently we're looking at the world that's temporal that's eternal that's not worth it that's worth everything we are we are looking differently that's what god does as we are recreated in him we have a new heart new passion new motivation as we're made new we don't live to please man. We have to please God. We don't live for ourselves, as the text says. We live for him, but for him. And then all of this is really coming down to this final passage of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 with our little sprout there as there's a new creation and the theology and the truth that is surrounding of what it means to be made new. And so today, With all the doctrine of becoming a new creation in Christ, which is so, so great. We're asking these questions. What does it mean exactly to be a new creation? What is the theology behind this? Why is this so glorious? And those are the questions that we get to answer today, which, which in all honesty, when you get to answer these questions of, of what does it mean to be a new creation? Why is this theology so glorious? I mean, I mean this is a fun day. This is, this is an exciting day. This is when we should get fired up because this is the truth that reminds us of what has set us free. And and there's some here right now. This is the truth that can set you free. This is the truth that literally can make you go from being dead to being alive through the gospel of Jesus Christ, all right? So, so it's fun today. Like it's, it's, it's huge potential joy today. And so we all came in from different places. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell your bad day right now. I want you to tell your bad mood. And I want you to tell your bad sinful flesh to get ready. Why? Because right now the gospel's coming to town, all right? The gospel's coming to town and minds are gonna get renewed, all right? And this is the potential to see us find joy no matter where we are, because this truth doesn't change. And this truth is available for those who love Jesus Christ every single day they live, including today. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. You ready? Excited? You excited? I love you, I love you, I love you so much because you do love the Lord and you love the word. Verse 16 says this, from now on, therefore... We regard no one according to the flesh. Remember, he's building on the truth, right? All the way through. Paul's building on the truth. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Uh, Therefore, conjunction: if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, tell me, the new has come. Amen. Amen. It's awesome. All this is from God. Not from us. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. That's amazing. Verse 20, Therefore, We are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. For real, for real. We implore you, he says, therefore, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And then verse 21, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now that is a sweet text, all right? Now, I'm not sure how much you picked up along the way as we read that, but again, this passage has such potential in your heart and mind right now to put us over the moon. Let's unpack it, let's learn, let's be changed for the glory of God. Point number one is this, my regeneration, ready? My regeneration as a believer, absolutely mind-blowing, That's my point, man, and I like it, all right? My regeneration, when I get this and try to get this, it is absolutely mind-blowing. Verse 16, again, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. Now, it was one commentator who said this, Christians are not just to be nice people. Uh, They are, or are supposed to be, ready, new people. Anyone can be a nice person. I'm a nice person. I'm nice to people. I put a smile on my face. Anyone can do that. Christians aren't just nice people. They're supposed to be new people. And this section of scripture, which is so rich and beautiful in theology, it is shouting this truth out. If you're in Christ, you're new You've been made new. You're a new creation. You have been recreated by God to live forever and never, ever die. This is specifically in verse 17, the doctrine of regeneration. You and I need to know what is the doctrine of regeneration. If I went around the room right now and I asked, hey, do you know what regeneration is? Do you know what regeneration is? I hope you would have an answer. I hope you would understand what that is. Some of us do, some of us don't. Let's get on the same page together. Here's a definition right now, okay? This is just from Wayne Grudem's systematic theology textbook. Regeneration is this. The secret act of God, not of us, it's all of God. We'll see that in a bit. The secret act of God in which he imparts new spiritual life to us. Just look at that. You have a few moments to write it down. If you don't know what regeneration is, learn it now. Learn it now. It's also called being born again. John chapter 3. Jesus says, No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born again. That's regeneration. It is, is God imparting to the individual new spiritual life. It's in Ezekiel chapter 11. That the prophecy is made and I will give them one heart, God says, and I will give them a new spirit I will put within them. And then he says this, I will remove the heart of stone and I will give them a heart of flesh. What is that? That's the promise of regeneration in the book of Ezekiel hundreds of years before Christ came. In John chapter 3, Jesus says to Nicodemus, truly, truly, I say to you again, unless one is born again, unless one is born again, unless one is regenerated, unless one is spiritually born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God. You are here right now. Uh, never been reborn. Never been spiritually born again. You can't see. The person without the spirit of God cannot discern the things of the spirit of God. For they are spiritually discerned. First Corinthians 2. The person cannot see by faith without the regeneration, the act of God imparting new spiritual life into them as the first act on the road to true conversion and salvation. You must be born again. This is the power of regeneration. But this is the the glory of becoming a new creation as well. This is why Titus chapter 3 verses 4 and 5 says this, that when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. No, get ready, ready? Some of you are here and and some of you heard this. You're like, well, if I'm a good person, I get to heaven. Ready? Here's here's what the Bible says about that, okay? Uh, Not because of works done by us in righteousness. Is that clear? I mean, maybe you grew up, maybe you grew up in a certain church or a certain denomination and they were teaching you, go to church, say some prayers, do some good deeds, you know, attend a, a certain service, get baptized as an infant. I don't know. All these things happen and you'll go to heaven. That's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. This is in the Bible, though, okay? Okay? Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. It's all God, his own mercy by the washing of regeneration, born again by God, uh, imparting spiritual life into the individual and renewal of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that does it by the act of God. No one gets saved apart from regeneration. We can't save ourselves. We are saved by the grace of God through faith in all that Jesus Christ has done. And this is why Paul's talking about this right now, man. He says, He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. This is why, then, ready? This is why. The power of the gospel, again, this is for summary now, too. The power of the gospel is not making bad people good. The power of the gospel is making dead people alive. That's a for an amen. All right, now listen, listen. So, so Jesus, I read this week in Luke chapter seven, Jesus is walking through uh, the city of Nain, I believe, and he, has, uh, he sees the widow there in the funeral procession of her son. The widow's son has died. And he walks up, he put his hand on the, on the beer, the stand where the coffin is on top of, and the pallbearers stop. you imagine this this is so awesome and they stop and he says to them basically son um uh rise you are alive It's, it's in a coffin and jesus says no 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 you're not dead you're alive and he gets up and gives the child back to his mom hey you're one of the pallbearers what do you do I mean, how, how long are you talking about that? Then there's Lazarus and, G- and Jesus is, is seeing Mary mother. They're weeping and weeping. They're brother Lazarus and he's in the tomb for how many days? Four days, that's right. And the four days and he's in there, he's like, Lazarus! How's the, how does the joke go? He said Lazarus because if he just said come out, the whole grave, the whole cemetery would be empty, you know, right? All right. He says, Lazarus, come out. That, that's awesome. And Lazarus comes out in all his kind of claws and stuff and being buried in that way. That's an awesome miracle, isn't it? It's an awesome miracle in Luke chapter seven where the pallbearers are there and the widow's son's raised. like, so listen, here's the greater miracle. Lazarus is raised. He still dies though. The widow's son is raised physically. He still dies though. You're raised in a new spiritual life. You never die. That is the greatest miracle ever. That is the greatest possible thing we can ever imagine that Jesus Christ imparts to us new spiritual life that we will never ever die again. This is the glory of the gospel. This is why Jesus Christ is worshiped. This is what it means to be regenerated. This is, this, is, this is the gospel in us and through us. That's why this whole chapter in 2 Corinthians 5, it's unpacking. Hey, hey, church. Paul's hey, 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 church in Corinth. Do you understand what it means to be made new? Like, do you get this? Have you thought about the theology? And he starts going through chapter 5. And he's like, hey, if you're really regenerated, then your home is heaven, verse 1. You know your home is heaven. Hey, if you're really regenerated, then the Holy Spirit is in you. That's your guarantee that God will deliver on his promise. Guaranteed. Verse 5. Verse 5. Hey, if you're truly regenerated, then you no longer see as the world sees. You see spiritually as God would have you see. Verse 7. If you are truly regenerated then, that means you bear fruit. Verses nine and 10 of chapter five, right? Because one life, have to give an account. Uh, uh, A judgment's coming. I want to make my life count. You live differently. You're truly regenerated. You fear the Lord, not man. Verse 11. If you're truly regenerated, the love of Christ now controls you. You've had a blood transfusion by Jesus Christ. Verse 14. If you're truly regenerated, We no longer live for ourselves, but for him, verse 15. True regeneration comes with supernatural change and supernatural life. Why? Why? Verse 17, verse 17, because the old has passed away and behold, the new has come again. Why is this so awesome? One way to put it is this, is this, physical birth prepares us for the earth. Spiritual birth fits us. For heaven. Our physical birth fits us for the earth. Our spiritual birth fits us for heaven. What I want you to do right now, as I try to do sometimes, and try to do this week with this text in front of me, is I want you to try in, your, in our limited ability, try to wrap your mind around the doctrine of regeneration. Like, just, just, like, like when, when someone is regenerated, there's a spiritual bomb that goes in and is detonated in the best possible way ever. And the explosion of new life, like just think, at one point, if you're saved in Christ right now and you're regenerated in him, at one point, dead, dead, cannot see, have no faith, you are destined for destruction. You, you, you don't know Christ, he's not savior to you. You're just you're spiritually dead. And then the next moment, as the gospel is preached and God begins to act initially within you, regeneration takes place, and all of a sudden life explodes through eyes and heart and soul and everything in between. just, just just wrap your mind around that. That is, that is, that's, that's mind-blowing to me. That's awesome. Only God can do that. And he's doing that every day across this world all the time because Jesus Christ is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You see, and this is the power of the gospel. This is the gospel in our church last weekend and this weekend today. Because when God is faithfully preached, his son is exalted and the Holy Spirit is acting among us then lives are changed because this is what God promises to do. And that's why, that's why. I want you to look at verse 16 now, chapter five, as a continuation of the fruit of regeneration. Are we regenerated? Are we regenerated? Are we bearing the fruit of the regenerate life? Let's find out. Verse 16. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Now what Paul is saying here, he says, before regeneration, what happens? We see in the flesh. We operate in the flesh. We judge in the flesh. What does that look like? Well, we place our value on external things. Uh, we hold up our earthly and worldly appearances. We put value in that. Uh, before regeneration, we hold ourselves to worldly standard. Uh, we invest and love earthly possessions. And really, again, again, the unregenerate life who's not regenerated, you can't expect them to behave like those who are new creatures. Because they're not. And so what do you expect from a, a, a group of people who are not saved and cannot see? You expect them to act as those who are unsaved and cannot see because it takes the Spirit of God, again, to allow them to see. Saved, everything changes. When you're regenerated, everything changes. I hope, again, you can think of the period in your life when, all of a sudden, you stop seeing externally, and you start seeing eternally for the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I remember the period of my life so well. It was so exciting, and Again, you're taught your whole life to live for the world. All of a sudden, Jesus Christ comes in, and all of a sudden, you realize that I don't have to live for the world anymore. I don't have to live for the world anymore. I don't live for the world. I don't live for the world. I know you're like, hey, you, you gotta. I don't live for the world anymore, Dan. I don't live for the world. Jesus Christ set me free. The world doesn't matter. I live for Him. Did you hear? I don't live for the world. I don't live for the world. This is so great. The world tells me I live for the world, but I don't live for the world. I live for Jesus, and Jesus doesn't care about the world. And I've been set free from that. And the joy, and the devotion, and the gladness of saying it doesn't matter what you say, and it doesn't matter what the commercial says, and it doesn't matter what kind of job I have, it doesn't matter my bank account is, it doesn't matter the house I live in. Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so and he's bringing me to glory because, amen, amen. Because the gospel says I don't have to live for the world anymore. Hey, 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 I'll let you in on a secret, okay, ready, ready? You don't have to live for the world either. Amen. I mean, that's so awesome and this truth is we're reminded about over because every day we need this truth. Every day we need the gospel. Every day we need to be reminded what actually matters. And here we are again and God's telling us, here's, what actually matters. Paul says, before we regenerate, yeah, we thought about the world. We thought a lot. And in fact, he says this, notice in verse 16, even in regards to Jesus Christ, before someone is regenerated, who is Jesus? He's another man. He's a good teacher. He's an earthly Messiah. So many in our world walk around and say, hey, what do you think about Jesus? And they'd say, he's he's a really good teacher. Uh, He's a doer of good, you know, kind of Gandhi, that kind of thing, you know? What do you think of Jesus? Oh, I think he's a great example of how to do good deeds. No, 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 no. When you're regenerated, everything changes in regards. Now, Paul says there, he says, but we regard him thus no longer. Amen. No, no, no. He's not just some good teacher. He is the savior of the world. He is the Lord of the universe. He is the glorified risen one. He is the redeemer. He is the exalted one. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the great I am. Again, again, that becomes the most important question then we will ever answer. Jesus turns to his disciples and says, but who do you say that I am? Because the answer to that question frames the entire existence of our lives. Who do you say Jesus Christ is? See, regeneration brings about a place where we understand he is everything and he is satisfaction, he is life, he is glory, he is awesome, he is beauty. Let me say it again, okay? Christians aren't just nice people, Christians are new people, new people who see and live differently according to the truth that has been placed within them. Look at verse 17. Look at verse 17, by the way. I just, I love your hunger for God's word. I love it so much. It says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in Christ is such an important phrase all through the New Testament. That's it. Life is lived in those two words, in Christ. Everything we want is found in Christ. All our life, all our salvation is found in Christ. We become new creations in Christ, right, right? This is when we see lives that are completely, hey, are you like me? Do you like live to see lives transformed for Jesus Christ? Okay. That that's why I'm in ministry. I, I didn't want to go into ministry, but you know, when God calls and then he wins and then but you say, Okay, Lord, if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, let's see some lives change for your glory, right? And then when you see when you see lives that are transformed for Jesus Christ, and so many of you are just like, and you just it just you're like, yes. Why? Because you're cheering the Lord and the power of the gospel to take people from death to life. Hey, are you here right now? And you're truly regenerated, and you haven't been baptized? Get in the tank. You gotta get in the tank. Why, why? So we can cheer. I mean, look at the Lord. Look what God has done. You're like, well, well, I'll be baptized, but I'm kind of afraid to speak in front of people. Hey, 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 ready, ready. Let me just bust up that excuse right now, okay? Okay, ready? Ready? If you're regenerated, you have this guy, he's called the Holy Spirit, and he is within you, and he tends to help you. Okay? 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 So next excuse, please. Okay? Get in the tank so we can go. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You're changing lives. I mean, this is why we live, to see Jesus Christ do what he's doing in you. Challenge you right now. All that God wants to do, that we might glory in him, the power, the power of regeneration. I want to show you this chart before we move on because this truth is just so important. I want you to show this, okay? Okay. Before regeneration, after regeneration, okay? Here's the reality of what this means right now. Ready? Before regeneration, spiritually dead. Dead. After regeneration, spiritually alive. Live forever, destined for glory in heaven. Before regeneration, heart of stone. After, heart of flesh. Alive, sensitive to the things of the Lord. Before regeneration, we're children of wrath. Ephesians 2. Children of the king, John chapter one, we have given the right to become children of God. Unbelievable. Before an enemy of God, Romans five, friend of God, Romans five, filthy in sin before regeneration. All our sin is there, but then washed and cleansed again through the washing and renewal of regeneration. We're orphans before regeneration, adopted children of God. After, godless, self-seeking individuals before regeneration. Afterwards, called out to be selfless, God-loving, Jesus Christ-worshiping individuals before regeneration, separated from God. Afterwards, reconciled to God. Okay? Okay, this is discouraging this. Let's call this uh, over the moon. All right? All right? So... When we go through, I just, I really encourage you, when you're really feeling down, get a list like this out and just start saying it out loud and just see what happens to your temperament. Like, just just try it out loud and say, God, I can't believe I am alive. I can't believe you gave me a heart of life. I can't believe I'm your child. And just start going through the truth and see what happens, okay? I challenge you with that one. Just see what happens and see how long you can stay grumpy. Remember, it's very difficult to stay grumpy and grateful at the same time, right? You gotta really work really hard at that one. All right, And the greatest joy we have in gratitude is found within the gospel. Regeneration, absolutely mind-blowing.
1: If you'd like to hear this message again or the rest of the messages from this series, you can find these resources and more on our website at liveinthelight.ca. I'm Craig Turnbull, and on behalf of Robbie Simons, we invite you to join us again next time on Live in the Light.